Welcome to the Live Well Podcast, brought to you by North Texas Healthy Communities and Blue Zones Project, helping you live longer, better, and happier. Now, coming to you from Fort Worth, Texas, the largest certified Blue Zones community in the country, your host, Ricky Gottam. Hey, everybody, this is uh, Ricky Cottle once again with the Live Well Podcast. I know it's been a while. Uh, so we are so happy to be back with you guys. Hey, in this series, we talk about people in our community who are living the Blue Zones Power Nine. These are the nine principles for longevity practiced by those who have lived the longest in the original Blue, Blue Zones areas in the world. Um, so if you're interested in learning more about Blue Zones Project or how to improve your well-being uh, with the Power Nine, please visit Live Long Fort Worth. Dot com And I do want to say we also have a Spanish website as well. So, uh, si hablas español, we got you. All right. So, um, before we begin, I want us to go back to 2001. So, as you're driving around in 2001, I was a senior in high school. Ludacris came out with a new album, Roll Out. We had Kings of Crunk and House Parties. Uh, uh, Usher was kind of a big thing. But something else that happened in 2001 was that I met these two uh, people here with us today. Our guests, Steven and Ursula Nunez. Nunez. Is that right? I got it right. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) You got it right, Ed. Hey, so, hey, welcome, guys. So tell us a little bit about yourself for those who don't know who you guys are. Okay, um, yeah, my name's Steven Nunez. Ursula Nunez. Yeah, and uh, we're, uh, we're from Fort Worth. I was actually... I was actually born in California, but I was raised in Fort Worth. Moved here when we were two, so I got here as fast as I could. Yes, yeah, you're supposed what, to say. What part of California? In East LA, and then East LA. <laughs> yeah, but uh, my my parents are from Chihuahua, Mexico. So okay. we're um, so yeah. So we, uh, my wife and I, we we met in high school. Mm-hmm. So we met. That was mm, freshman year, 1998, wow. 1999 time frame. So. A long time ago, and um, so yeah, so at Pasco, at Pasco High School, right. absolutely the best high school in the world. Yep, that's right, that's right. <laughs> Go, Panthers. Go Panthers! I'm gonna start pointing at the alma mater. Uh, that's right, that's right. That's yeah, right. so um, so yeah. So my dad's from San Antonio, Texas, and my mom is from Acuna, Coahuila. Wow. And so, um, yeah, that's that's something that. So you guys met at, at Pasco. Um, so did you approach Ursula or did she approach you? What's the story? Well, that's actually a very good question. I was pretty shy back then, yeah. but, uh, but but I did have my eyes set on her. You know, I okay. did see the first time I saw her, like, eh, she's, she's, she's pretty hot, you know? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so uh, we, ended, we had a, a few classes together, and uh, I guess the rest is history. We, uh, we connected somehow. I mean... We're uh, we're kind of opposites as far as personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, now we're a lot closer than before, but I guess the opposites attract, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah. Right on. So how did how did we connect? How how did you guys connect with Blue Zones Project? Well, we I think it was in 2019 we met. I met Jesse Herrera from Grow Southeast, and he was we just mm-hmm. getting started with Grow Southeast, and you know we quickly uh, clicked we you know and from there on i mean he just kept introducing uh different organizations different people who could help 
uh, with our mission there on the farm. So little by little, he's helped us develop that. And then we were introduced to Blue Zones project from Jesse. And Blue Zones from the project from the very beginning has helping out with compost and connecting us with the grocery stores and all that good stuff. And uh, and then Brenda uh, yeah. sent that email to connect us. That's said, right. Hey, yeah. you know, uh, I think you know Ricky Cotto. <laughs> you guys went to high school together, I believe. And we're like, That's oh, right. we sure did. And yeah. then we just quickly made that connection. You came over. And That's right. It was downhill from there. Because yeah, yeah. I saw you guys on a news story. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I went to high school with them, you know. So that that was pretty cool. And how long have you guys been married for now? Steven, can you answer that, that one? Do you remember? I'm, I'm going to pass that He's one. counting his, his fingers and toes. I know. I, I ran out of fingers and toes on that one, so I'm, 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 I'm going to pass it on to you. 15 years. All right. Yeah, Good job. 15 years. Yeah, but together since, yeah. uh, since yeah. freshman year. And, Incredible. I mean, we, through that, I mean, after mm-hmm. after high school, I went off to the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. So I, I served from 2001 to 2011. The, those first wow. four years were active duty, and, you know, she was... She was there by my side the whole time, all my deployments and everything, wow. and um, so yeah, so we, we we've been we've been uh, together for a good while and lots of challenges and yeah, so it's great. Fun. He forgot to mention. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> and lots of fun, lots of fun. It's like course. I just it just seems like yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, absolutely. I know when people ask me like, how long you been together? I was like, I got married in two thousand and eight. <laughs> y'all do the math. math. I know, I know. You do the math. <laughs> y'all figure it out. Like I, that's the one thing I got. So I know I'm a rec major, not a math. So. Cool. And you know, it, it's funny. Like when most couples um, being married that long, you start thinking about like what you want to do in the future. And most people like purchase want to purchase like a bigger house, uh, build a pool. You know, invest in a timeshare, maybe get a condo. But you guys decided, you know what? We're going to build a massive garden on our property. Um, so I guess, how did Mind Your Garden begin? Oh, Ricky, man, that's a, that's a loaded question yeah. there. But let's, uh, let, let, let's dive into that. So, so my undergrad is in architecture, mm-hmm. and then I did my master's in landscape architecture. My wife did hers in bilingual education and then sustainability right Right. so this whole time you know when i was an undergrad we we really got into the whole sustainability thing right Mm -hmm. that that, like right away it attracted me anything sustainable was was my thing right yeah solar power and you know strawberry homes and all this cool stuff right so anything like that got Mm -hmm. me excited so throughout my education that's i always kind of gravitated though those things <clears throat> and in I believe it was t- 2010 I did a study abroad trip to Guatemala mm-hmm. uh, one of our professors was from there and he took us out there and you know we basically traveled most of the country and one of the stops was at a um, organic sustainable farm a uh, very uh, self-sustaining self-reliant type of farm mm-hmm. and and right there is where like that's where the seed was really planted, right? Because this farm was, they grew coffee, cacao yeah. plants or chocolate and pineapples. And 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 the uh, the owner of the farm was like a mad scientist, man. Yeah. He was like, he was, 
you know, crossing plants and doing propagation mm -hmm. of this and grafting that. And I mean, and, and the whole farm was hydro powered. Wow. So they had a, a, a spring running, you know, stream running down the side of the mountain. They diverted the water and it was powering the entire farm. He was making his own biodiesel, mm -hmm. composting. I mean, you name it, the works. Yeah. And I was in heaven there for the few days we were there. And I, and I was like, man, you know, I want to do something like this one day. Yeah. This is, this is something that I would love to do. And during that time, I guess I will, you know, backtrack a little bit. In 2006, my parents, uh, <clears throat> they purchased the three and a half acres that we live on now. Mm -hmm. And um, I went with them on, or actually Ursula was with me too. We both went with them that the day that the real estate agent was showing the property. Right. And... And I fell in love right away. I, I saw the potential in it. I mean, I didn't know it was going to be anything like that. But I saw I, land. I, I saw land and I saw the beauty yeah. of it and the and the potential to share that with people, you know. Right. And uh, my wife at the time didn't see the the vision. You know, she at first, she's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you see in this. It's a lot of words. It's non-existent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, being the, the creative right. mind, I was sitting there. I, I, I could visualize it. And then. You're like, girl, I went to Guatemala. Relax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that happened, and and I remember I remember that day specifically because I told my parents I go I go y'all need to buy this property, mm -hmm. and whenever you sell it, we're gonna buy it from you. Right on. And that's exactly what happened. So fast mm -hmm. forward, right? I you know finished my undergrad and whatnot, and and we were we were living in Dallas at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Irving, Irving and the Las Colinas mm -hmm. area, and and I was practicing architecture at a firm and. You know, and I was ready to kind of go back to grad school, trying to change things up, you know, get back to the outdoors. You know, I was tired of being in an office all the time. Yeah. And um, my wife was working for the city of Dallas. As uh, an environmental coordinator at the landfill. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So we, it's a know, science in itself. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so it was a crazy time. Yeah. You know, we, we had our wow. son already. And, and and anyhow, during that time, my... Um, my parents were ready to, you know, retire or mm -hmm. semi-retire, downsize, and mm -hmm. the property was too big for them to maintain and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And you say, you know what? Let's. I told my wife, I go, let's uh, let's buy the property now. And again, mm -hmm. she didn't see the vision at first. You know, I don't hold it against her, but uh, <laughs> uh, anyhow. Lots of friendly discussions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have a kid, you know, yeah. it's like. And, and what area of Fort Worth is this? So we're in the southeast side of Fort Worth, Wonderful. right? So uh, if you're familiar with Fort Worth, you know, east of 35, right. south of Barry. Mm -hmm. We're right there. Uh, we grew up in the south side of Fort Worth. Obviously, yeah. we went to Pascal, so mm -hmm. not, not too, too far from where we grew up. Uh, actually, my wife was raised in, in Southeast Fort Worth in the Forest Hill area, so okay. not just a few miles away from where we're at now. Nice. Um, but yeah, so when we got the opportunity to purchase the property, that was 2013, I believe. 2013, 2013 mm -hmm. yep. And and then that was when the next seed was planted. You know, okay, now we have a space. Sure. Those things that I saw over in Guatemala, everything I've been learning from architecture, and, and at the time I went back to school to study landscape architecture. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it just kind of started developing from there, started brewing, and and um, it's been it's been a lot since then. Yeah. But I would, 
Where do you think it, it really switched towards the farm coming to life itself? What year do you think we really started moving it on was, that? It uh, was 2014 because once we moved back, mm -hmm. I, I took a permaculture course. That's right, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and then we started um, visiting Elizabeth Anna's Old World Garden mm -hmm. and taking a lot of their wow. classes there too. And so, um, and then just a lot of research, a lot of research yeah. and then learning um Learning how to live off the land was, mm -hmm. seemed really interesting and exciting, and who's all doing it. Mm -hmm. And um, so we just kind of went down this rabbit hole of what can we do and how much of it can we control. Rainwater, we could harvest the rain right. and grow our food and then keep bees. I mean, it's just the options are, are the opportunities are endless. Yes. Composting. Composting. We, composting. we did a composting yeah. class, too, during that time So, frame. So for people that are thinking about doing like these gardens what what is something that you would recommend say hey there here's something you need to think about that you probably um are not going to know i would say the biggest thing is to take your time and full and dedicate time to observation mm -hmm. that's one of the the, the principles that we learn in permaculture, we both study that. And it's like, for example, with our property, <coughs> you know, it, it's been years and years of watching when it rains. Yeah. Where does the water go? Where does the sun, where's the sunshine, right? In mm -hmm. the winter, in the summer, in the spring, mm. the summer solstice, the winter solstice, all of those yeah. things. What, where, where do certain plants grow? Mm. Uh, what grows on these slopes and the shaded areas and the sun? I mean, all of that stuff is observation. And a lot of times we tend to want to jump into something right away. Go and ahead. along with what animals visit the park. <clears throat> That's true. Because we have rabbits and turtles and frogs and foxes and coyotes. Coyotes and raccoons. Hawks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Snakes. So many different <laughs> Snakes, tarantulas. Scorpions. I mean, you Scorpions. name it. It's a it's a little wildlife it's center there, man. Interesting. So. It's really fun to see, and then teach the kids too. Like, hey, you gotta come here and see, right? You know, the scorpion and the scorpion and the wasp fighting, and I mean, it's just it's just. Because a lot, I know a lot of people I spoke to, and I know when I I had my start in community centers, and we uh, built a garden, and everybody just kind of thinks you till the land, you throw some seeds in there. And voila, tomatoes are, but what you don't really think about is that, that component, like the watering, who's going to maintain it, uh, the weeding, yeah. what, what other things grow <laughs> in there, uh, what bugs yeah, will, that's like true. destroy your crop, mm -hmm. you know, these are things that like people don't really take into consideration. So um, Stephen became really good friends with the squirrels on the property. You see? <laughs> so um, uh, Stephen became obsessed with the squirrels. Um, we, you know, our peaches, we would tend to the peach tree all mm -hmm. year long or apple, pear, whatever trees we had, you know, we would tend to them, water them, care for them. And um, the peaches, every time we were about to pick the peaches, Stephen would say, We'll get them tomorrow. Yeah, they'll be ready tomorrow. Tomorrow comes. There's not a single peach Gone. or not fruit, no fruit on the tree, but there's seeds all on the ground. Uh. One day we even saw, and Stephen told me, I'm like, he was supposed to be working. He's looking out the window. I'm like, what are you looking at? And he says, there's a squirrel in the tree eating an apple. Looking at me, <laughs> it's like almost like making fun of you. Yeah. Like, yeah, what are you gonna do? It, it, that squirrel was taunting me, you know. So, yeah. And that's... the squirrel even ate a few um, got 
took a few bites out of the apple and left it on the branch and took off. You see? Uh, so, I, I almost climbed up and ate that apple. I was like, man, you know, we're not going to waste. I'm going to take care of this tree all yeah. year. So let's say, you know, because I saw, I, I've seen your garden. It's pretty incredible. Um, the way it's being mapped out, the way it's being grown. So let's fast forward. So let's say five years from now. What, what's the goal? What is your vision for, like, mind your garden? Good question, Ricky. Well, you know, our our mission at Mind Your Garden is to help people achieve healthy lifestyles. Mm-hmm. And we're doing that through increasing access to healthy food, providing holistic education, and then cultivating the community of wellness. And that's what we envision happening in, in, in five years. That that growing to its full potential at that point. And really just, uh, you know, we want to be essentially the Blue Zones Project Farm. Yeah. You know, because everything that we do is in alignment with what you guys mm-hmm. are promoting. And and that's awesome. That's exciting stuff because that means, like, like what the Blue Zones Projects brings to the table is, like, the the proof of what's, what's out there in the world, right? Like, yeah. I mean, all that research that was done to start these projects, it's based on real-life data, you know? Right. So that's that's essentially what, what we envision happening. We, we want a place where where people, the community can come and get food, mm-hmm. learn about healthy eating, and then and be and create a support network so that we can all be healthy together as a community. Yeah. Because you can't do it alone. It's it, it's it's a it's a tough thing to do on your own, especially in today's days where where there's so food. yeah, there's yeah. so many unhealthy food options mm-hmm. and activities. They're everywhere. They're at your fingertips. And if you don't have that support network, um, it's going to be a tough road, you know. And I know growing up, and I don't know if it was in y'all's case, that, you know, they would take field trips to the Outdoor Learning Center uh, in Fort Worth. And and that was kind of a place where you could go and, you know, you go hiking. I remember there was a coach um, when I was in eighth grade, Coach G, he would take us and, um, you know, he was like an army sergeant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're a bunch of eighth grade kids. And I remember he would be like, hey, we're going to go play hide and go seek, but you're not allowed to use flashlights. <laughs> and for us as kids, we're like, are you out of your mind? But, you know, he taught us about like, hey, the moonlight, your eyesight adjusts to the moon. And, and he taught us about trees and how to stay warm. And, and it, it was, I mean, I, I'm grown now and I still remember that, you know. So imagine... Do you guys see like your your space becoming a place that you could bring kids or, you know, use it for more educational purposes as well? Absolutely, uh, that, that's that's a hundred percent what we want to do. We 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 want this place to be for the community mm-hmm. itself. You know, we we see the potential in it. We see the beauty in it. We also see not just the educational aspect, but the therapeutic aspect of it. Right. You know. Uh, I mean, you, you you spend some time on the farm, and we, you know, at the for example, the first day you came over, we sat there and talked for like two hours yeah. outside. You know, the birds are flying by. You know, you're surrounded by trees, and there's compost, and there's. I mean, it's it it, it puts you in a in a much more positive mindset when you're there. It calms you down. You mm-hmm. know, that's that, that's a way of decompressing, and and we want to be able to share that with the youth as well because mm-hmm. i mean especially nowadays with so much technology and everything that's true c- kind of getting back to that back to our roots right the mm-hmm. nature and then absolutely we we definitely see that see that happening 
And I know as you guys were working on the garden, um, you're a big proponent for plant slant, or like people like to say plant forward right. diet. And so did that happen as you were creating the garden? So not necessarily. Um, we knew we wanted to grow food. We knew we wanted to eat the food we grew, um, but we still liked eating pizza and burgers and anything fried, you know, and of course with our cultural food, the tacos de barbacoa, salma, right, tortas, right. and, you know, and I told Stephen, Making me I, hungry. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I told Stephen, um, you know, I'm like, dude, how are we going to promote healthy living when we're still eating all of this unhealthy food? Mm-hmm. And Stephen would say, like, oh, let's cross that bridge when we get there. And um, that was something that was weighing heavy on my conscience, mm-hmm. you know, like we can't be promoting healthy living and eating mm-hmm. and then still eating all the unhealthy stuff. It just doesn't make sense. Right. And so um, this was around 2019 when we started helping my grandparents mm-hmm. and um, my grandmother suffers from heart disease. My grandpa suffers from diabetes. Mm-hmm. And so we were taking them to the doctor's appointments. Each one had a few doctor's appointments throughout the week. And my grandfather started losing the blood circulation in his legs. Wow. My grandmother's medications were increasing. and. Um, by January 2020, my father then has a heart attack, followed by quadruple bypass surgery. Yeah. So beginning January 2020, we're helping two elderly individuals, and then my father needs help. Yeah. And so I told Stephen, um, I said, I feel like I'm being punished. You know, it, it's a lot of work because here I am working on our marriage, mm-hmm. raising our kids, helping my grandparents, and then now my father, yeah. you know. And yeah. so I kept saying, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And once I changed my mindset as to why is this happening for me, things started to make sense. Uh, okay. And so um, then I started going with my dad to his doctor's appointments and talk to, to, talking to his nurses and to his doctors. And mm-hmm. they said, Ursula, heart disease runs in your family. Great grandpa died from a heart attack. Grandma had quadruple bypass surgery. Father had quadruple bypass surgery. You will be next yeah. if you don't do something now. And then we didn't mention that Stephen's parents also are diabetic. Oh, okay. And so thinking about our kids with now heart disease and diabetes um, in, in, in their families, Mm -hmm. um, I told them we need to do better for ourselves first off Mm -hmm. and especially set an example for our kids. And it's like, how do you break that cycle? And how do you break that cycle? And so then, um, what I would like to say is fear. Mm. Um, I, I, I want to be a healthy adult. I want to be a healthy 80, 90 year old, however long I live I want to be healthy Mm -hmm. and I don't want to burden my kids or add on to their stress because of the choices the unhealthy eating choices that I did I understand people have car wrecks or they have accidents and they need help but if if I could if we could prevent um, uh, 
diabetes and uh, heart attacks mm -hmm. and heart surgeries, mm -hmm. then let's prevent it now. And you know, the funny, I'm so glad you said that because with, with Blue Zones Project, the research comes from people that live the longest in the world. <clears throat> so they don't have just a, a longer, you know, life, they have a, but they have a higher quality of life. And whenever we started doing the engagement speech and talking to people about, hey, th this is what we're trying to do in Fort Worth, <clears throat> a lot of people would push back and say, well, maybe some of us, like, maybe we don't want to be 90. But the perception of getting older is I'm on the couch watching novelas <laughs> all day. I, I can't walk. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in a wheelchair. I'm Medication. on a walker. I'm on medic. I'm on meds all the time. So getting older is, is like what you just said. It's like a burden. And, and really, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, like you could get older because people that lived in these blue zones, I mean, they were 100, 101, 102, chopping firewood, <laughs> riding bikes, you know, being a part of society, being the gatekeepers of their neighborhood. Um, but that is something that we can control. And you're right. So we have a neighbor who is, I believe she'll be 84 this year, and she still drives to different states. See? Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago, one of her trees fell down, and she chopped, <laughs> She jumped up on that tree and started chopping it down. She cuts her grass. Mm -hmm. And I tell her, like, you're my role model. You know, mm -hmm. So what vitamins do you take? What do you not eat? What do you drink? <laughs> mm -hmm. and so, you know, I, I want to learn to, to be healthy now so that I'm, you know, driving to, you know, wherever, New Mexico when yeah. I'm 84, you know, however long I'm able to live. But I, we run into a lot of people that, that say, well, I'm going to eat whatever I want because you only live once. Right. And my response is, but how do you want to live? Right. How do you want to live? Do you want to live on the medications and all of the doctor's appointments and having your kids, somebody try to take you and you can't, you know, use a restroom by yourself. You can't cut, cut your toenails. You can't cook for yourself. I mean, these are all things that... I'm, I didn't think about before um, helping uh, my grandparents. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't think about these things. And so, in reality, all of this work that and help that we were providing my family um, was really a blessing. Yeah. You know, it did bring us to closer together. And I am aware of a lot of their um, eating habits mm -hmm. and addictions and um things that we can work on now when in our 30s, late 30s, um, just to be healthy now and healthier adults in our future. Right. So what was, I know that you, you kind of talked a little bit about how this came, but was there a defining moment that, that you decided, okay, th this is it. This is, we're, we're going plants land. I would say that <clears throat> it really happened at the beginning of this year mm -hmm. and uh, right around the time that my father-in-law uh, had his heart attack and and what um, my wife didn't mention he lived with us for a, uh, a few weeks mm -hmm. to help him recover and we right. kind of so we got to see that process right the, the the struggle that came with that and and we had been playing around with the idea of you know eating we have been eating more veggies over the years of you know back I think it was 2012 when we did the pescatarian for a while. Like, two and a half years. Yeah, we did that for two and a half years. But but it was always, you know, we, we wouldn't fully commit, commit, right? It was it was always that moderation thing, right? Sure. That, that, that idea. 
But we saw things more as a diet. So we were <clears throat> yeah. on the pescatarian diet for two and a half years. That's right. And so we were thinner. We were running every day. We felt good, but we we went back to eating meat and mm-hmm. the unhealthy you know foods and and then we gained all of our weight back and then once we gained all the weight back who wants to run once you you know because it it hurts more yeah that's right that's right yeah can you share the experience you told me about the the running the marathon yeah so um i think that's just something that people need to hear (laughs) so steven um talked me into running a 5k in 2017 always my fault yeah, yep. yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm a, you know, slightly competitive person. And so it's like, oh, this guy wants to challenge Let's me go. to a 5K. <laughs> Let's do it. And so I remember um, we went to the Trinity River uh, Park and um, we started running and I was dying. And I said, Stephen, time out, time out. Like, how many miles have we run? And he said, Ursula, we're barely at a mile. Oh, My no. goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> Stop <laughs> lying to me. <laughs> I mean, it felt like 10. And so 2017, I ran my first 5K. 2018, I ran my first 10K. Right and then Stephen said, hey, you know what? Let's train for a marathon. I'm like, I'm on it. Let's do this. Right? <laughs> and so I started training for the marathon. I was 180-something pounds. And so I did drop weight. We were running 60 miles, um, up to 60 miles a month and I thought I was going to be bathing suit ready by the summer right Mm -hmm. and so that was my goal (laughs) and motivation and so um, I train I complete the marathon And I'll tell you. And how many miles was the marathon? 26.2 so miles. So you ran 26.2 miles. Pretty and, impressive. Yes. And so it was the Marine Corps Marathon mm-hmm. in D.C. and it rained all morning. Oh, right? man. And it's cold. So it's cold. It rained all morning. Yeah. Perfect then, running weather. Perfect <laughs> running weather. And then in the afternoon, the sun comes out oh. and it's scorching hot. So here I am, you know, not experienced runner, at least not long distance runner. And people are just passing out around me. And it's like, oh, my goodness. And so Stephen, I mean, he this was his second time running a marathon and he's used to running. Mm-hmm. So it took me almost eight hours to complete this marathon. Wow. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. To, and I'm getting chills just talking about it. it and, and people are like, Ursula, it took a whole work day. It took a whole <laughs> work day for this overweight new runner to complete that marathon. But I did complete That's it. That's right. And I completed it, and I cried. And, I mean, I read about marathons. I yeah. watched documentaries on marathons. Mm-hmm. Nothing prepared me for the physical, emotional aspect. Mm-hmm. And also the... The, the the pride. I mean, now I know what my body is capable of doing. Exactly. Eating the standard American diet. Mm-hmm. Training for a marathon. And so... Um, and if I can add to that, like, yeah. as we were talking earlier before we started this, Ricky, is, you know, we, we trained all year long for that marathon, right? Mm-hmm. And as my wife said, you know, she, you know, she was 180-some pounds or whatever it was. And we lost a little bit of weight, right? But not to the point where we had expected, right? She, yeah. You know, like she was saying about, you know, being bathing suit ready and all that stuff. And I was wanting to drop more weight as well. And what that what that uh, highlights is that you can't, you can't outwork a bad diet. That's true. Then it doesn't matter what you're doing in the gym mm-hmm. or you're running. And, I mean, all of that's good stuff. But 
the diet is is the foundation. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the that's it right there. So yeah, so we were you know training and, and for this marathon, <clears throat> and um, but we were still eating you know burgers and pizza and you know having beers and celebrating, and um, so um, we I thought like okay I'm running so I'm doing good. Yeah. Um, and I look back at the pictures and it's like wow you know I was you know, now I'm 30 pounds lighter, but I look back at those pictures and it's like wow that's crazy what my, how my mindset was that yeah. I thought hey I'm running. I'm doing good, but I, I, I was still overweight. Mm-hmm. So as you guys are, are transitioning to more of a plant slant diet, like it's like we're doing this, um, we're committing to this. What were some of the changes that you began to see after like 30 days? You know, besides the weight drop. Right. You know, I know a lot of people think, oh, you know, I could lose weight this way. But, you know, physiologically, what were some of the changes that you began to see? And Ricky, there were a lot of changes that came from from going plant based on mm-hmm. our diet, and and one of the biggest ones, besides the weight loss, is it's going to be a reduction in our inflammation. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the one that stands out the most, you know, because we we both have certain injuries. You know, I have injuries from when I was in the Marine Corps, my yeah. back, my shoulders, my wrist. I mean, you name it, right? And and you know, I was as I was getting older, I was you know feeling more and more pain, more and more pain, right? And and then and I was just attributing that to you know just getting old, right? And you know and but then once we switched over, and, and after you know about a month or so, you really started seeing those those pains mm-hmm. really reduce, right? The injuries are still there, you know. You can, those things are not going to completely heal, but that inflammation reduces and boy does that make a world of difference is that part of it is you want to chime in something particular that something that i didn't mention earlier is that um i was starting to suffer from chest spasms and so um i just felt this tightness in the the chest and i couldn't breathe i couldn't move i could only just stand or i could only sit and I told Stephen, I'm like, this is pretty scary if I'm driving with the kids in the car mm-hmm. and I get this chest spasm, there's nothing I can do. I mean, I can't even move. I can't even breathe, inhale, nothing. And so, you know, I went to the doctor and they said, it's your diet and your stress level. And so um, that was happening um, often. Yeah. And so once we went uh, plant-based, that has reduced. I mean, I had a slight chest spasm um, a few months ago, but it was very minor. I was still able to to keep on doing what I was doing so that lets me know my body lets me know like hey I need to work on my stress level now but um, in the morning I would wake up and I couldn't my feet couldn't even hit the ground I mean my my feet like hurt so bad especially the arches Mm -hmm. and so um, it would take a while for my body to warm up so that I could actually um, put my feet completely on the ground and um, my back would go out at least once a year um, and I'm down for two weeks, you know, wow. and so, and you know, looking back at it, I'm like, here I am struggling with the chest spasms, the um, back going out once a year, mm-hmm. and then not even able to walk, you know, once I get up in the morning. And I was still eating the standard American diet sure. and thinking that I was okay. And like Stephen said, oh, this is just part of getting old, yeah. older. And so now, you know, I get up, I we start working right away when we get up in the morning and um my back is healthy it's healthy and i feel a lot better mm-hmm. and if i can add one more thing ricky that we felt to mention mm-hmm. earlier when we made that transition the plant 
to a plant-based lifestyle, mm-hmm. we've also eliminated <clears throat> alcohol from our life. Right. So that was like a double whammy as far as changes. You're yeah. t- t- talking about flipping our world upside down, right? <laughs> like, I mean, that's what we would do, right? That would, we would go out for some drinks, maybe some food, yeah. and what you know, some hamburgers, wings, whatever it was. So that was another, another uh, challenge. But also, that's another thing that was no longer part of our our consumption, right? Mm-hmm. We weren't we weren't adding that to our body anymore, yeah. and that also has uh, physiological effects on you as well. Your your body reacts mm-hmm. better without it, and uh, you know we were having issues with you know not sleeping well. Sure. You know, a lot of times you know we would ever have a have a couple of drinks and whatever and then go to sleep had no problem falling asleep but then you wake up at two in the morning or one in the morning right. you can't go to sleep anymore you know like and then you wake up hungry <laughs> wake yeah up, and you wake up hungry and then you go metabolism's all jacked uh, up because yeah, 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 yeah. alcohol and, and, right. and then you go warm up that leftover yeah. pizza that yeah. you had the night before you know so so uh-huh. you know th- these things are so interconnected That's and, right, and yeah. I, I i do believe that we the sometimes we fail to have a discussion on that connection mm. between uh, uh, alcohol and food, right? Like yeah. we, we tend to kind of separate them as in like you can do one, not the other, or whatever it is, but they're so connected. Yeah. They're so connected. You have That's a few right. drinks, okay, you relax, it changes your, your mindset, and then you're more willing to go out and eat something that you're not supposed yeah. to, you know. And, you know, and as as Latinos, as Hispanics, <laughs> You know, that's that's almost, like you said, countercultural <laughs> because culturally um, and I say we because I'm in that boat as well. You know, it's like, you know, that, that's what you do. You, you gather as a family. It is food from just way more than you need. And um, the drinks flow. I mean, that's. Oh, yeah. You know, the men stand around the grill, drink some beer, you eat off the meat, uh-huh. you know. You, you have the cooler it's, right next to you. The cooler right next to you. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh. it's, just, it's just what you do. It's almost like this passage to manhood. It's like if you don't do this, then you're not a real man, you know. it's uh, Absolutely. Yeah. It is so embedded in our culture. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and that's definitely a big challenge. A mm-hmm. big challenge as we make that switch is is how do we learn to socialize and still build that community without those unhealthy habits mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that we're we're heavily focused on right now yeah so it's an activity you know that's you would get we would get together with our friends like hey let's go to happy hour and let's have a few drinks or let's go right. on this um <clears throat> Uh, 5k run and then drink beer you know afterwards and um, once you removed the um, unhealthy foods along with alcohol so it's like now what do you do you know you tell your friends like hey come over for some sandwiches and let's have some tea mm-hmm. you know we had <laughs> right. a stressful day let's let's drink you know and have some coffee and talk about it that's right so it just changes things and if I can add one more thing to that Ricky like whenever you don't have that as your outlet anymore right whether it's unhealthy eating whether it's Mm -hmm. a few beers or margaritas whatever it is what also happens is it's tough but what you do it forces you to to deal with whatever issues that you're dealing with that day because we tend to use food and alcohol or or any other substances to mask 
mm-hmm. our feelings to mask our troubles, our anxieties, social anxieties, all of those things, we mask them with that, right? Mm-hmm. And and say you had a rough day at work, then you're like, you know what, I just want to have a few margaritas because I don't want to think about my day or whatever, right. and I'll deal with it tomorrow. The problem is that you don't deal with it tomorrow because mm-hmm. tomorrow comes and you do the same thing again, mm-hmm. and you keep masking it, and you keep masking it, and you never deal with the root issue. Yeah. So clarity comes from eating healthy, and you know if you eliminate alcohol or very or reduce it to a very small amount, you, you have clarity where you start to like, you know what, this is what's wrong. Mm-hmm. I need to start dealing with it. This is why I have anxiety. This is why I have whatever issues that I have, especially psychological issues. You yeah. know. And this you know, is why I don't have any friends. Someone wants to hang out. I know. I know. Like, you know. Keep listening for more well-being tips from our special guest. And for more information about Blue Zones Project and the Power Nine in our community, visit livelongfortworth.com. No one wants to have tea anymore, you know? And, and you know, what's interesting about all this, you know, we did a podcast with Pastor Robert White uh, a while back, and one of the things that we talked about, um, you know, we're talking about the, the health of, like, pastors and, like, like people that lead in the faith community and how sometimes they could be the most unhealthiest people. And, and, and there's a lot that goes into that. But one of the things we talked about was how food was the great, like, de-stressor. It was, uh, it was a comforter. It was what you said. It, it medicated the issue, but it never really dealt with it. So you, you have to keep upping the dose, the <laughs> dosage uh, of that medication, of that medication, which is not, which is food. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of gets worse and worse. Um, so that's a great example of what you guys just talked about. Um, so what would be one of the, the biggest challenges as Hispanic, as Latin, you know, Latino <laughs> Americans? Um, what do you see as like some of the biggest challenges as you advocate for plant-based eating? I would say that from our Mexican culture, you know, Latino culture is uh, eating meat is is at the center of it, right? Yeah. Like especially, you know, right now, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's very uh, central to what we do food wise. Everything's around a carne asada. That's true. Uh, you know you know, menudo, whatever it is, right? And then also alcohol, right? Like you mentioned, we're always around the grill with the cooler and you're drink- drinking and you're, you know, eating off of the grill as, it, as it's cooking, you know, that 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 is almost associated with manhood, right? On, on, on for, for the men's side of it. And also this idea that we, that we need to eat a lot of meat to be strong and tough mm-hmm. and, and macho, right? That's that's a big cultural misconception there. Yeah. So that is a huge, a huge challenge. And then just just having people understand that that we can we can diversify our foods, right? Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily have to eat the same thing over and over. Exactly. You know, we can we can dive into different cultural foods, and then also even modify our own cultural food to be more plant-based. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's something that we, we find to be a challenge, but it's also an exciting thing to work on, right? Because yeah. I feel like that's going to open up the door to more people uh, from our community to be accepting the plant-based eating so that we can be a healthier community. It's, right. it, it, we're doing this for us, for the mm-hmm. community, you know? Exactly. 
So um, now that we've gone plant-based, you know, we have family members that say, well, we don't want to invite you over because we don't know what to feed you, you know? And it's like, y'all, y'all know, y'all, you know, y'all make nopales, right. y'all have frijoles, <laughs> not as hard and as you... papas, and rice, like, we still, guacamole, salsa, I'm like, we still eat all those things. Yes. You know? Tortillas. Just, tortillas, yeah. I'm like, let's just get creative, mm-hmm. you know, and just exclude animal products, you yes. know? But we're still the same people, you know? Yes. And, I, and I'll, I'll say the same thing. I mean, I, I grew up Puerto Rican, and um, we had a lot of fried pork. I mean, we fried everything, platanos. But it's like you could still eat some of those foods without, you know, having to deep fry everything or connecting both of it together. And I got to... Yeah, how? How do you do it? And I got to give a shout-out to Taco Heads because uh, when Taco Heads became a Blue Zone restaurant, you know, um, they created these these vegetarian tacos and in my mind i'm thinking i'll just eat the breakfast ones it's like egg cheese just no meat but um when you try it you know my favorite ones they're black bean i know it's a shameless plug but they're black (laughs) bean uh talk it's delicious it's so good um you know even when i went to y'all's house and you guys made that loaf it's vegetarian all vegetables it tasted like meatloaf. Like, <laughs> if you would have fed this to anybody without telling them what it is, it truly tasted like meatloaf. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's crazy. And you know, the interesting about that loaf, Ricky, is that if you remember, you know, a big part of the ingredients was obviously the, the rice, the brown rice, uh-huh. but the lentejas, yes. right? So I love that dish because because we include our own cultural food in it. I, I make a whole pot of lenteja soup. You know, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a, every Mexican grew up with some lentejas. You know, my mom, True. my mom always had some on, on, on the stove, you know? Mm-hmm. So you get, you get that meal into it. And then from that, you then transform it into something, something a little bit different, right? Something maybe a little bit outside of our Latino culture, the meatloaf, mm-hmm. right? Or the meatless loaf on this one. Yeah. But an important thing to mention is the mindset. We have to work on the mindset. I mean, because I don't true. know, like, when we were eating lentejas, lentejas at home, it's because, you know, it wasn't Friday yet. Payday hadn't hit, you know? And there was nothing else yeah, to eat. It's like that struggle fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Struggle fruit. You know? There was no meat in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... Now, you know, it's like we have to work on the mindset and change our relation, change our relationship with food, not seeing food and indulging in it, but seeing food as fuel and it providing you with the nutrients Mm -hmm. that you need to get through the day. And so we can eat a bowl of lentejas with tortillas and salsa for dinner. And we're cool with it. The kids are cool with it. They don't know, you know, what we went through growing up. Like, that was the last resort food, you know. (laughs) That's why it was all on the stove, right? (laughs) (laughs) And it tastes really good. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is when you think of plant slant or plant forward. And for some people that, that are trying to kind of move that way, you know, if you look at the Blue Zone research, when people did eat meat, it was like a celebration. And it was only the size of a deck of cards. So it wasn't the 72-ounce steak. It wasn't all the time. I mean, it was very, very, um, you know, just just based around celebrations. Yeah, you know, it wasn't food. all the time. So you can move in that direction, just have a little bit of meat and make a, most of your plate you know, plant, plant-based. Absolutely, Ricky. And to add to that, like earlier, we we're talking about how I mentioned how right, like right now, the Latino culture is heavy on meat, right? But yeah. if, if you go back to 
you know, 100 years in a history and, and even further back, it was primarily plant-based, mm-hmm. you know, and and so the, the meats weren't were a luxury, right? Yeah. It was something that you know you had to raise a goat all year long, and then you know mm-hmm. whatever harvested for a quinceanera or something like that, right? It because it's, it's expensive, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to make, hard to to raise and whatnot, and you know, primarily it was the the relied on rely on the three sisters, right? The mm-hmm. the corn, the beans, and the squash. That's that, that's a that's a staple of of all, mostly all indigenous cultures, you know, even here in Native Americans down, you know, Mexico, Central America, South America, mm-hmm. they all have different ones, right? Potatoes or whatever it was, but it's right. heavy on the plant side. Yeah. And then it, it the meat thing was a luxury, but now everyone can afford meat, you know, pretty much it's everywhere. It's at every fast food restaurant. So it's an overconsumption of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's definitely where the problem is for sure. But you don't even have to go that far back i mean like my mom grew up in mexico and um, meat they would eat it very seldom you know and uh, my grandmother she was a migrant worker her and her family would travel different to different states to Mm -hmm. to get to collect um, produce and whatnot um so they didn't eat a lot of meat so when they came over for thanksgiving um a few weeks ago um they were like, are, are we really not eating meat? And like, we're really not eating meat, guys. And yeah. they were like, okay. And so, you know, we had our meal. And afterwards, you know, my grandma and my dad were like, you know what? This was this was better than I expected. I'm like, wow. Yeah. There's a compliment in that somewhere. <laughs> I, there's a compliment in that somewhere. Like, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and then they started talking about, like, hey, you know, we didn't eat a lot of meat growing up. And yeah. neither did my grandma. And it's like, see, guys, like, you know, we just have to, you know, focus and and think about these things exactly yeah and that's the that's the misconception it's like okay plant-based means a salad Mm -hmm. uh tasteless (laughs) food you know you think of iceberg lettuce cabbage carrots and and really that's so far from the truth and that's something i learned through blue zones you know um there's so many great foods that you could have so many flavors seasonings that you could add to your food that it doesn't have to taste bland. Mm-hmm. You know, we love flavor. Absolutely, and exactly. we lo- and we love hearty foods. Like at, right. our, at our house, I mean, I tell people, you know, uh, they th- they they think the same thing, right? Iceberg lettuce, yeah, and yeah. some 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 shredded carrot, you know? yeah, some shredded carrots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And even though we we may use those ingredients in our food, I go, man, I'm not. People, we're not rabbits. I go, man. We want some. I want some beans. I want some rice. I want some mm-hmm. potatoes. I want, taste. you know, exactly. ta- taste, but also a volume, right? I want that yes. hardiness. We lots and lots of beans, all kinds. And so when you like that loaf, for example, that yeah. was a, a very hearty meal. You left it there was. full, satisfied. You know, it's not just a salad. I mean, salads are great. We should be eating, you know, plenty of salad, but. You know that that's not that's mm-hmm. not the only thing that we eat. We, you know, we, we there's so much variety of foods, and it's super exciting because now, like when we went plant based, it opened up our world oh, to yeah. foods. I mean, we we realized how narrow minded we were mm-hmm. with our with our diet, and it's like now, man, we we're we're, we're taking food from all kinds of cultures yeah, and 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 up. even and even digging back into our culture, right? Looking back to our mm-hmm. you know indigenous roots and whatnot, and seeing what. What can we bring back to our life that we've been missing? Mm-hmm. So, you know, with uh, Thanksgiving, as we were doing research, we understood, hey, we have to have something that's kind of like the main dish, you know, and it has to right. be hearty. And so, what can we can we make? And then 
you know, as we're doing research, like you have to have mashed potatoes, you know, Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. you have to have mashed potatoes and you have to have green bean casserole, mm -hmm. right? And so I came across Blue Zones cauliflower mashed potatoes, which tasted amazing. Yeah. You know? oh, Couldn't yeah. tell the difference. Honestly, you didn't know that it didn't have a bunch of butter right. or cheese <laughs> or, or milk, you know, yeah. or milk, you know? Nice. And then the vegan um, green bean casserole, when I mean, you couldn't taste that uh, cream of mushroom soup wasn't in it, mm -hmm. you know. And so having these foods available that people recognized for this particular holiday, they were their they their their brain understood it as Thanksgiving food, and they enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just a couple more questions. So culturally, what's what do you think is the main barrier? Like, if if you had to narrow it down to one thing where we talk about why is plants and so hard in specific cultures. Um, in your opinion, what, what do you think the main barrier is? I would say misconceptions. So mm -hmm. education is crucial. Yeah. Education is number one because we've, we've been told our entire <clears throat> lives that you need to drink cow's milk. You need to have some steak for the protein and the right. iron. You need to have cheeses mm -hmm. and and all of that then so that's so embedded in our minds that it's very hard to accept when someone tells you that you don't need to eat yeah. a steak or you don't need to have a glass of cow's milk mm -hmm. you know three times a day to build bone strength you know yeah. uh, so i think that is the biggest thing is that education aspect and showing people that we can't you can still achieve those those health goals, right? That's right. Like, so having the data that shows that you're not deficient in calcium, that you're not deficient in mm -hmm. your iron and whatever else, right? Th that that right there is is proof mm -hmm. that you know eating plant, you know, plant based or primarily plant based is is going to be beneficial for you. And so people, you know, tell us like, well, you can eat chicken; it's healthier. It's like, who said chicken is healthier than beef? And then right. they kind of, you can just see this glare you know, over their eyes where they're like, I, I really don't know. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, that's a good, you know, research topic for you, you know, or, um, Ursula, how do you get your, um, your, um, vitamin D if you're not drinking milk? And it's like, okay, what do you get for milk? Well, calcium and vitamin D, which one's fortified? And they're like, uh, which I, I really don't know. I'm like, here you guys are asking us all of these questions, you mm -hmm. know, um, interrogating us almost. And, um, y'all don't even know, you know, why we do certain things that we do, yeah. you know? We just accept it, we right? We just accept it. Exactly. They it's like, said. Yeah, it's like what you said. It's just ingrained in right. you, like your whole entire life. And I'm mean, even the commercials, like, yeah, you got to drink milk, makes your bones <laughs> strong, and you got to do it. And it's like there's so many other things that you could use uh, for vitamin D. And that's that's interesting too, Ricky. On while we're on this conversation, you know, our our kids are you know also plant based by association, right. you know, so they kind of got drug <laughs> into. Yeah, you, you, you're gonna eat in this house, son. Uh, you, you you better you better jump on board, right. or you're gonna be hungry, right? So, so you know that 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 was a challenge in and of itself, right? Uh -huh. of, of you know how do you how do you convince the kids that that what we're doing is 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 for the for for the better of them in the future right the better of our family and and talk about misconceptions you know like now that we our kids are are primarily plant-based you know because we do give them flexibility when they leave the house to mm -hmm. you know or they go to grandma's, grandma's house to stay the night <laughs> right exactly <laughs> they, they, they'll they'll eat they'll they'll you know eat some animal products uh -huh. there or whatnot uh but they're probably 95 percent plant-based right. uh, at least and uh, 
we get questioned, like my wife was saying, like almost interrogated, right? Like, so, oh, yeah. well, you, you know, you, you know, you, are your kids having enough nutrition? Are they getting enough protein? And and now all of a sudden, people are so concerned with the health of our kids and what we're feeding them. And before, we can give them chicken nuggets, we can give them pizzas, we can give them hot dogs yeah. and, and hamburgers, and no one questioned it mm-hmm. at all. No chips. one said chips, yeah. uh, sodas, whatever. No one no one says, oh, you know, you're giving your kids too much sugar, too much processed food, too mm. much meat, too much cheese. None of that was ever a concern, nutrition. But then you start adding vegetables to their life, yeah, all of a sudden, all of a sudden it's, like, it's like, oh man, uh, you're, you're you're being neglectful so as a parent and yeah. and poor child, you're starving. No, 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 no. These kids are strong. That's right. They're fit. Yeah. They they've also um, gotten down to their weight that they need that they mm-hmm. need to be. So it's it the transition is is tremendous even for them mm-hmm. and now now they see it especially our son oh, yeah. who's, who's about to be 14 he's he's all about plant-based he mm-hmm. loves it and gets excited about it exactly you know and some some of our friends will question what we eat or what the kids eat and then we'll ask them like so what does your kid eat throughout the day and they're like oh well you know they start off with some fruit loops mm-hmm. and then i can't get them to eat anything other than chicken nuggets and i'm like y'all think that's okay giving them right. colored um number red yellow <laughs> yeah, cereal cereal with sugar <laughs> yeah. and then um fried chicken nuggets which like what percentage of the, is it 100% chicken mm-hmm. i mean these are questions that i didn't know existed before we went yeah. plant based i mean how is it not 100% chicken yeah. and so you know fruit loops and then chicken nuggets all day plus the sugary treats right and mm-hmm. drinks like how, meats. yeah and yeah. it's like how how are your kids how are that how is that diet better yeah. Yeah, and your kids are going to, like, dictate everything. I mean, they're only, like, five. They don't know. They don't know. You're the parent. Yeah, it's definitely our yeah. our role to make those 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 decisions. That's right. And and, and it is a challenge. It, it definitely is. I'm by no means do, do right. we say it's easy because it you, those first few weeks when we transition, you know, mm-hmm. you get you get that uh that pushback from the kids because they don't mm-hmm. want to eat and all of this, course. and it's like you, you got to mm-hmm. kind of persevere and, and get through get through that kind of that hump right mm-hmm. until they finally come around and they're like okay well this tastes pretty good and yeah. okay i'm hungry i guess i'll eat you know yeah. <laughs> and then you question yourself as a parent like am i doing the right thing like is it that bad that right. I eat hot dogs and pizza and and chicken nuggets mm-hmm. and then we recently ran into a friend and they said um they had donuts available one morning and they said hey do y'all want donuts and we we're like no thank you and um talked to them the other day and they said um we couldn't believe that you didn't want a donut like I understand now but then when we were offering you donuts Mm -hmm. and you and your kids said no we're okay they said we didn't understand how you could even decline a donut right and I'm like if I eat one donut I'm eat the whole box yeah you just can't have one (laughs) I can't just have one they melt in your mouth exactly Uh, like I'm not just gonna say all right fine no like yeah there's gonna be another one following absolutely that's true absolutely you know so so kind of what I want to end with and I always ask everybody the same question so what gives you hope you know what gives us what gives me hope Ricky is how how many people have flocked to the farm and to what we're doing you know when we started this 
I mean, when we started this podcast, actually, Ricky, we, we talked about the seed being planted yeah. in Guatemala. And then when the, my parents bought the property, all those, you know, that's the early stages. Mm-hmm. But the past few years, we've been just kind of part-timing it, working on it. And but then this this year, last year and into this year, we, you know, my wife and I had a discussion and we said, you know what? You know, we're just going to build this. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, like the filter dreams. You build it and they will come, you know. Yeah. And and sure enough, we, we started really putting a lot more effort into the development of the farm mm-hmm. to get it launched for, uh, you know, our, our this next spring is going to be our, you know, first big growing season, you know. Um, and we kind of went public with it in the summer. You know, we in, we told you earlier about entering the business mm-hmm. competition uh, um uh, competition here in Fort Worth that's when we really just put ourselves out into the public eye yeah. and once we did that I mean it is it's been crazy amount of people who are interested in what we're doing and want to help they want to help. help yes they they want to volunteer their time their resources mm-hmm. their knowledge everything is there's so much positive energy around it because and, and that gives me hope because that that mm-hmm. tells us that that one you know we're we're doing the right thing you know mm-hmm. right because our main thing is we want to be of service right. we want to be of service and this is the best way that we can do it and and two is it there's so much attention on it because it's something that is needed mm-hmm. people are yearning for it even more so with the with the whole covid situation right people are wanting to they're starting to question what they eat their yeah. health because we know that 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 uh how healthy you are is going to have an effect if, if yeah. you do catch covid or whatnot right like all of that stuff matters mm-hmm. and then going getting out uh uh in nature again mm-hmm. i mean that's been that's been a spike across the board right people want to go to the parks now mm-hmm. and and whatnot so we see that that's something that is missing in our in our society and and we're just happy that that you know god's given us the strength to 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 be of service and do that because that's what we want to do like this this here is 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 a passion mm-hmm. you know you know there there's easier ways to make money you know right, <laughs> than, right. To, than to grow food you know <laughs> that's this, right this is i mean i mean we we studied completely different things exactly. you know so it's this this volunteers yeah, and, uh, yeah i mean it, it's 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 non-stop work but you know it's a it's a labor of love that's right yeah. and the positive feedback we get from from you guys from the community from everyone like that right there gives me hope mm-hmm. and gives me gives me the energy to keep moving forward right now i'd like to add what gives us hope too i know we told you that you know some family members have mm-hmm. um given us a hard time and some of our friends and too but we've also had people who, our friends who say hey you know i make granola let me go to your house and let's make granola together and we actually brought you some of the granola yeah, yeah. You know? and, <laughs> and so we have friends who are now mm-hmm. coming over another uh family came over earlier this week and they said hey let's make some vegan tamales like hey let's do that yes that's awesome so we are getting the support from our family and um, um some of our guy friends like hey let's come over and we'll have non-alcoholic drinks you know right, right. one of them Simeon henderson has the mojito 
mojitos, non-alcoholic mojitos, Dan. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Those are bomb. Very <laughs> good. Well, yeah. When we made the the, the loaf the other day, yeah. the, the, that's what he was serving, and it was it was on point. That's right. So <laughs> exactly. Do, so we do have our friends that are showing awesome. us support, and they're also thinking outside of the box. And mm-hmm. how can we hang out with them? How can we still have fun and mm-hmm. do some of the things, um, healthier way of doing things that we used to do? That's right. Well, awesome. Well, this has been pretty cool. I'm so glad you guys came. Thank you. And um, so if people want to know more, do you, how, how do people reach out to you guys? Or um, Telepathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we're on Instagram as um, Mind Your Garden Fort Worth, Perfect. FW, and on Facebook, Mind Your Garden. Um, and... Yeah, just reach out. That's going to be the best way right there. Yes. Send a message, and then we can we can connect on that end. And yeah. perfect. And uh, you we know, hope to have a, a website. I mean, but we're again, it's like Stephen and I are, and then volunteers and getting family and friends to just help right. us. So we'll, yeah. we'll get there. Yeah. We'll yeah. Get there. So any web we'll developers out there who uh, right. who who, who want to help help get that <laughs> launch? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we could definitely use it. And you know, Ricky, be, before we end the yeah. the this discussion, you know, I do want to want to encourage people to to have to have an honest conversation with themselves mm-hmm. you know you, you mentioned earlier about midway through this discussion about what was that defining moment when we, we yeah. said we're going to do this right because yeah. we were part-time in it baby stepping it mm-hmm. you know going around the perimeter with it but my, my wife said you know we, we couldn't be we didn't feel comfortable selling you know growing healthy food and then us eating unhealthy food right mm-hmm. uh and <clears throat> so it was a matter of integrity yeah right that was a matter of integrity and then once we came to terms with that things started moving forward that's right right mm-hmm. and and i feel like that that's that's, that's much more at a spiritual level right there yeah, right that right, yeah. that that uh you know maybe god doesn't let, let you move forward when you're not ready you know mm-hmm. if, if you're if your mindset isn't right if if you know your values are not in place at the time and then, then you can't promote something that you're not doing you got to mm-hmm. stand behind like in you know in, in the marine corps that i was taught is you gotta leave from the front yeah you know you can't you can't be you can't be leading your platoon from the rear you know falling yeah. out of the falling out of the run <laughs> exactly. and they're carrying you you know you got to be up front and 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 that's the same concept that we carry here so I, I encourage people to have that honest conversation with themselves yeah and figure out what it is that, that they're missing in their life and what mm-hmm. they need to do to change it to be healthier. And it may be that it's that it's a plant slant approach, just adding a few days of veggies to mm-hmm. your to your to your uh, life every day, I mean, every week, or it's it's cold turkey going full plant based because so, some of us need that. Yeah. And for some some people, uh, uh, and I, I would say maybe a few, not many people have. A, a good grasp of the term moderation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I feel like moderation is a slippery slope, folks, yeah. because we've done it for for years, and we yo-yoed up and down with our weight, with mm-hmm. our performance and running and everything else, and that's something that's very difficult because our mind plays tricks on us. Yeah. It, it justifies a lot of things. You're like, like some things are in moderation, yeah, but some things are not. It, you're like, oh, you know, I yeah. ran, I ran five miles today. Then I can uh, have five beers, you right. know, because that's a moderation I thing. I owe it to myself. So, <laughs> I encourage so people to have that honest conversation. And you don't got to go as hardcore as we did. You know, maybe you guys have a better control of your discipline, mm-hmm. and that's cool. And if you do do that. But if, if you know you don't, sometimes it takes, sometimes it's easier to go 100% than it is to go 99% That's because right. it, it takes out, it takes out 
the the decision making of it. You have to just be able to. You, 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 you provide structure for yourself. Yeah. We couldn't moderately eat bacon or cheese. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Let's be real here. Yeah. We couldn't yeah. moderately do yeah. it. Yeah, you just have one. Come on. Yeah. yeah. The same way you can't have one beer or one glass right. of wine. Or one slice of pizza. Uh, one chip. Or, or slice of one, one donut or like one you talked donut. about. Yeah, no, no. No, for some, for some people it's difficult. Like, it really is. It's a disciplinary thing. And, um, yeah, you have to, like you said, you just have to pick. Yeah. Either do this or not. Like period. Yeah, I, 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 I to me, to me, I feel it's easier. It's easy. Right. It, it seems harder, but it's easier because it provides that structure, and you don't have to decide because uh-huh. the decision's been made. We already said we're not going to eat this. We already said we're not going to drink this. We don't have to sit there and choose. Well, maybe today, maybe not. <laughs> Is today okay? To, yeah. th- did I do well enough at at work? So, well, my birthday, <laughs> my birthday's coming <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So just just have that honest conversation, and whatever you do, just you know. Be also to be kind to yourself. It, it's a, it's a journey. It's hard. You may slip a little bit. Yeah. Get back on the wagon. Yeah. Keep, I just keep, ate a pound of bacon. Okay, it's all bacon, right. It's yeah. all right. There's always tomorrow. <laughs> right. The next day you eat a pound of mushroom. Mon- Monday never yeah. comes, man. Monday never comes. I'm start Monday. I promise. Yeah, I swear. don't start Monday. Yeah, the, the Monday never comes. Well, listen, guys. This has been awesome, and uh, you guys are making Fort Worth better. So we appreciate y'all, and I'm excited to see where Mind Your Garden ends up. I think it's going to be good, so we're going to be keeping tabs on y'all, and um, yeah, seeing where it goes. Yeah, well, excited about it. We appreciate it. We appreciate the the invitation to to be on this podcast, and and really for uh, all the support from Blue Zones Project, from you know Girl Southeast, all the folks who have been supporting us throughout this journey. Thank Uh, y'all. This is you know I know it's having this discussion here, but this is a community effort right here. There's no no way we could have uh, gotten even to where we're at now without the support of the community, and and it's going to continue to be a community based uh, organization. So we're We're excited to see where it goes. Awesome. Well, thank y'all for being here, and we will see y'all next time. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Live Well Podcast, brought to you by North Texas Healthy Communities and Blue Zones Project. Well-being initiatives in Fort Worth supported by Texas Health Resources. Join us again in the future and find more information and podcasts for living well at livelongfortworth.com.